You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. I want to speak this morning on fear. And it's something I believe we've all dealt with. And uh, I've the last few weeks, my prayer has been, Lord, give me something that will help us now. And uh, there's all different kind of fears. Uh, but I believe there's one fear that stands alone. And that is parental fear. As a parent, when your child is in trouble, that is a fear that stands at a whole nother level above even a medical report that you may get. So I want us to look at uh, parental fears this morning. And I want to read one verse for just a moment. Luke chapter eight, verse 50. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, fear not. Somebody say, fear not. not. Then he follows that up with, he says, believe only and he shall be made whole. Parental fears, a lot of you know what it's like maybe to be sitting on the bleachers at a sporting event and your child collapse and you get that knot in your stomach. How about when the phone rings and there's been an accident? Uh, My 19-year-old son, Cody, a few years ago was up in Clarksburg and he called and he said he was coming home. And uh, I remember telling him to be careful But I remember getting off the phone and and I started praying for him and I called him back and I said, I want you to be very, very careful. And it wasn't, but maybe 10 minutes later, the phone rang and he was in a uh, parked position on Route 19, stopped waiting on somebody to turn off and somebody rear-ended him. But I had that discernment in me and I was praying for him. Parental fears, uh, I had to ask my wife to refresh my memory. I thought I was right, but we were uh, in the Caribbean a few years ago with uh, Lynn and Melissa and Austin and Abby and uh, Leanne and I and our two kids. And we were down on the beach and this boat pulled up and wanted to know if, if they could take the kids, you pay so much money and they take your kids and they, they, they take them on a tube. And uh, we did it and we put them in there and that boat disappeared. And it went down and around, kind of like a turn. And I'm telling you, I panicked. And Lynn and Melissa was like, it'll be all right. To this day, I don't know if they had more faith or they just didn't like their kids. <laughs> but honestly, my wife will tell you, I panicked. I had this parental fear. You read about uh, sex trafficking and and all this. How would I even explain who took my kids? Had no idea. Does any parent in the house know what I'm talking about when I speak about parental fear? When your 
child's doctor report comes back and, and, and it may not be real good or, or when you get a phone call and there's drugs involved and, and a Sunday afternoon you're visiting maybe your son or your daughter that's been incarcerated, you know what parental fear is about and it's gut-wrenching. So I pray today that God would speak to our hearts as parents and we would learn something Parental fear, no parent, no godly loving parent can sit back when their child is in trouble or your grandchild. And I don't believe nobody in the room understands that unless you have children. And I believe a mother has another level of fear, parental fear than the father does. So no parent that is walking with God and loves their children can sit back when their child's in trouble and neither could Jairus. Luke chapter eight, verse 40, and it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus and he was a ruler of the synagogue and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. And I wanna speak about that in a moment, something the Lord just shared with me earlier this morning. He besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay there a dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word. Jairus was a Capernaum community leader, one of the rulers of the synagogue. He had a position. He was an important individual. And I think there's something here that we can learn uh, from his approach. He forgot about his pride. He forgot about his position. He denied himself. And when Jairus approached Jesus, he wasn't representing his village in his position. I read that he would be the one, go to the outskirts of town when somebody important was come and, and was coming and he would compliment him. Uh, he, he would uh, be the one that would greet him, but he left all that behind because of his child. Jairus issued no salutation, no compliment, just a prayer of panic. Has there any mom or dad in the house ever had a prayer of panic? Yeah. I'm telling you, I have. So another one of the gospel reads it like this in Mark 5 and 22. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and he besought him greatly, saying, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands Oh, my daughter, that she may be healed and she shall live. What do we see there with that approach? We see a desperate approach. We see a humble attitude. If your child's in trouble, have you humbled yourself? You see a pleading attitude. How's your attitude? Have you pleaded? Lord, I humble myself before you. And Lord, I plead that I can't do this on my own. Lord, I've tried to do it on my own. But I'm calling out to you, Lord. But also we see a believing attitude where Jairus said, if you will come and you will lay hands 
on my daughter. She will live. You got to get to the place where you humble yourself. You got to lay all pride because you can't change it. You've got to have a pleading attitude, but you've also got to have a believing attitude. People come and they want me to pray and then they say, I hope so. Oh, I like to just lay hands on them. There's no hope so about it. You've got to have a believing attitude. And Jairus isn't the only biblical parent that we read about on the pages of the gospel that was concerned about their child. How many in the house has ever been concerned about your child? That's what I thought. I want to read to you out of Matthew 15 and 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Vexed with a devil. How many experience their children living under the influence of Satan right now? You don't have, don't show your hands. They be watching you on live stream. They get all mad at you when you get home. Living under the influence of Satan in a different sense, but nevertheless living in sin and shame of the devil, then they're vexed of a devil. You can't serve God and serve the devil. How many loved ones will maybe have their needs met if we interceded for them? We've got an intercessor team that comes here every Monday morning, and I appreciate them. But you, mom and dad, can be an intercessor for your children. How many loved ones would have their needs met if we interceded for them as the woman did for her daughter? Here's what Psalms chapter 61 verse two says, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. I'm telling you, we need to be intercessors for our own children. Somebody say amen and give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Now something else I seen earlier today, this scripture in Matthew 15 and 22 was a woman that came about her daughter. Jairus came, this was a father. Now we find here, In Mark 9 and 24, the father of a seizure, tormented boy, sought help from the disciples and then Jesus. But it kept coming to my spirit this morning, father and mother. And here's what was laid in my spirit. You need to be unified as a father and mother. And and when I was praying this morning and the Lord was speaking that to me, this came into my mind. Uh, uh, There's a lot of fathers and mothers that don't live in the same house. We're living in a society where divorce uh, is quite, it's just everywhere. But moms and dads, if you are divorced uh, and you've moved on and remarried, you are still the father, you are still the mother, and you ought to come together in agreement and still be able to pray for your child and be unified and ask God in interceding on their behalf that God would protect them, that God would save them, that God would heal them, that God would deliver them If you're still mom and you're still dad and you may not be connected in marriage, but you are still and always will be connected in a child. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. The father of this tormented boy 
And verse 24 said, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. And then he said something, help thy my unbelief. And I read this in one of the commentaries. It said, spiritual immaturity must be acknowledged to receive God's blessings. He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. He was saying, I'm spiritually immature. I believe in you, but I don't see it. Spiritual immaturity has to be acknowledged to receive God's blessings. I want to read something to you out of Psalms 127 and 3. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Our 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 kids are a gift from God. They were his before they were gifted to us. And we are only wise parents if we regularly give our children back to God. Now, I don't walk around my house laying my hands on my kids all the time. When they was younger, I laid my hands on them in a different way. I don't walk around the house laying my hands on my kids all the time. But I can promise you, Robbie, Lexi's in the nursery, Cody's not here today. I pray for you every single day. And not just when I get up in the morning and not just when I go to bed, but as I'm working and as I'm driving, as I'm mowing, whatever I'm doing, God lays you in my heart and I begin to pray for your prosperity. I begin to pray for your health. I begin to pray for your relationship. And I can promise you one thing. I don't even come close to touching the throne of God like my wife does for her children. You need to give God a great hand clap of praise today that you have children and that you have access to him. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So I want us to look at Abraham. Abraham modeled this kind of a life. Abraham, the father. The Bible said he's the father of faith, was also the father of Isaac. Now I want you to think about this. Abraham and Isaac, excuse me, Abraham and Sarah waited approximately a century for a child, a century. They were old. Abraham's right 100 years old, and Sarah's 90 years old, and they're still waiting on a child. Is that not amazing? Somebody say, that's amazing. You know what's more amazing? At 90 and 100, they were still trying. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know whether to say this next thing or not. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't ever give up. I've laughed about that for the last four or five days preparing this. Let's get serious. Of all the gifts that God gave them, of all the gifts that God gave them, Isaac was the greatest. Of all the gifts God gave them, raising Isaac as a parent would be the hardest. And I got to thinking about of all the gifts that God has blessed me and my family with, some of the hardest times is being a parent. 
Genesis chapter 22, verse two, we'll find out how hard it was for Abraham. God said to him, he said, take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. And I underline that. God knew he loved him. He said, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. He's saying, I, or Abraham, I want you to take your son that you love, that you've waited for, for a century. I want you to go to this mountain and present, present him a sacrifice. It was Abraham's heart his willingness and his spiritual surrender that God was after, it wasn't Isaac's life. And I've preached on this many times. God knew Abraham's heart. I've heard this preached many times. Well, God wanted Abraham's heart. He wanted to know Abraham's heart. God knows all things. God knows all things. God knew Abraham's heart before he ever took Isaac to the mountain. So what did he want right there? He wanted Abraham to know his own heart. That got all over me. He knew Abraham's heart. He knew what Abraham was gonna do. But he wanted Abraham to know his own heart. So here's my question. Do you know your own heart? Abraham trusted God. You can't rescue your child every time they fall. You've got to know your own heart, that your heart depends and trusts wholly, and you got hope in Jesus Christ. So is your heart where it needs to be with your children? When Becky, they go off to the military, I can go around the room. God knows your heart, but do you know your heart? Abraham saddled the donkey. He took Isaac and his two servants and he traveled to the place of sacrifice. And when he saw the mountain in the distance, he instructed his servants to stay and wait. And listen to what he says. In Genesis 22 and five, and Abraham said unto his young men, abide you here with the ass. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again unto you. He said, I'll come again unto you. Look at Abraham's confidence. He says, we're coming back. I'm taking the boy over there, but we're coming back. How's your confidence when a storm comes? When your child is in trouble. Psalms 37 and five, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall what? Bring it to pass. Proverbs three and five, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not into thy own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. How's your heart? How's your heart? Abraham believed that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life. And we read about that in the New Testament in Hebrews 11 and 19, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Are we able to give our children to God? and fully trust them. Moms and dads, you can't carry it. You can't carry it. You gotta lay it at the feet of Jesus. Jairus, 
Jairus was hoping for the same with his daughter. He begged Jesus to come to his house. Remember earlier I spoke about his house. Luke 8 and 41, and behold, there came a man named Jairus and he was a ruler of the synagogue and he fell down at the feet of Jesus and besought him that he would come into his house. He wanted Christ beneath his roof. He wanted the presence of Christ to permeate his house. And here's what in my prayer this morning it came to me. You need Christ in your house to raise children. But you need your children in Christ's home also. And we go down every road to do everything for our children. But the most important thing is to have Christ in your house and to have your house, your kids in God's house. VBS starting tomorrow. I asked Christy yesterday how many we had pre-registered over 250 kids yesterday. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Lamentations chapter two, verse 19. Pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. Lift your hands toward him for the life of your young children. Parents, we can do this. We can do this. You don't have to wait till your child is 16 years old and is messed up and bring him here and want someone on his staff to fix him. You don't have to do that. Before they're ever born, while they're still in the womb, you can begin interceding and praying. Before they ever come out, you can already begin to cover them in prayer. And it makes a difference. My mom prayed for me. My dad prayed for me. Numerous times I should have died. Not just two years ago. Head-on collisions. Places I shouldn't have been where things happened, where people got tremendously hurt. But I was sheltered. I was covered by not a team of intercessors, but a family that was interceding on my behalf. And I thank God that I had a mom and a dad and a family that covered me in prayer and pleaded the blood of Jesus. If you're thankful, give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Parents, you can do this. You can take your parenting fears to the Lord. First Thessalonians 5 and 17, pray without ceasing. Philippians 4 and 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about nothing. That's hard, isn't it? When your kid don't come home in the night, it's hard. Let me talk a little bit about fear too. Fear also will take a parent and turn them into a prison guard. You gotta monitor everything that goes on in your child's life. Well, you're shoving them further down the path because they've got to have a little bit of freedom. Do you hear me? Parents, we can protect our children from nothing in life. We can't protect them from everything, excuse me, in life. But we can take them to the source of life in prayer. You can cover them. I believe 
You ain't got to go through their phone all the time to see what they're doing. I believe you can take it to God and he'll bring it right there in your gut, in your spirit, man. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's look at Luke 8 and 49. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Fear not. The helplessness of Jairus, he gets a message, his daughter is dead. Jesus is ministering to another at the time, and he don't even give Jairus a chance to speak. He just says, fear not, and believe. Something else that came in my spirit, we have two jobs, the main top Two jobs as our parent, as being parents, not to fear and to believe. How many's got that achieved? That's what I thought. Jesus didn't even give him a chance to speak. He said, "Believe, fear not, believe, and she shall be made whole." And I looked up that word "whole," restored, restored. How many's got a son or a daughter in the house that needs to be made whole and needs to be restored? Raise your hands all over the place. Huh? Stand with me this morning and I'm still gonna be a while. Torn between two messages. Please stay focused with me. Jairus gets two messages. The first is from the servant says your daughter is dead. The second comes from Jesus. Fear not, don't be afraid. Two voices. How come it's easier to believe the negative report? Jairus heard two voices and he had to choose which one he would heed. Don't we all hear two voices? Can I tell you, you can do your best as a parent and still stand where Jairus stands. You can do your best as a parent and still stand at a drug rehab. You can do your best as a parent and still end up on a Sunday afternoon visiting them while they're incarcerated. You can do your best as a parent and end up in the ER for whatever reason. You gotta choose between two voices, despair or belief. I've been there. Luke 8 and 51, and when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter, James, John, the father and the mother of the maiden. If you read this story, I believe it's the first time the mom is even mentioned in this story. So it goes back to what I was saying earlier, mom and a dad coming together in unity, standing together. My wife and I pray for our children. Again, I said we don't go around the house laying hands on them. Sometimes I'd like to. But my wife and I, we pray for our children. And I'm sure you do too. Luke 8 and 52, and all wept, are standing there, and all wept and bewailed her but the Lord said, weep not. She's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. 
And he put them out and he took her by the hand and he called saying, Maid, arise. So what did he do? He commanded doubt to leave. He said, doubt, you've got to depart. And he permitted only faith and hope to stay. You can't allow people to speak negative about your children into your life. And you need to tell them to be quiet. Those are my gifts that my God gave me and I gave my gift back to God and all things will work for the good, Mary. For those that love the Lord and are called, God's going to answer your prayer. I don't know when, but I'm telling you, God is going to answer your prayer. I believe that. I believe that. He commanded doubt to depart. He put them all out and he took her by the hand and he called saying, maid, arise. And her spirit came again and she arose straightway and he commanded to give her meat. He said, feed this girl. I'm gonna say this, stubborn faith is necessary when you have children. Can someone say that's exactly right? I'm gonna close, I promise you. Listen, pay close attention God has a heart for hurting parents. How can we say that? Because God is a father. God himself is a father. What parental emotion has he not felt? Maybe some of you are separated from your child right now. God was separated from his child. Maybe somebody's mistreating your child. Maybe your child's being mocked and bullied. God's son was mocked. And I wouldn't call it bullied, I'd call it tortured. Are you forced to watch your child suffer through affliction or through a divorce? God watched his son suffer on a cross. God knows your pain. Romans 8 and 32, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How, she, how he, excuse me, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Somebody say all things. So all things involves courage and it involves hope. And as a parent, you're gonna walk through some painful times with your children and you've got to have courage. And where will you find that is in the Lord. Jordan, it was probably sometime, I don't know, in the last couple months, your mom was here. And she walked out in the foyer when she was leaving and she was weeping. And she said, man, I'm so thankful. Speaking of you. She's walked through some stuff. Now you as a parent walk through some stuff. Where do we get our courage? We get it from the Lord and our hope. So here's what I want to say in closing. I've already said I was going to close twice. Some find this story of Jairus to be difficult to hear because you prayed the same prayer as Jairus and you found yourself in a cemetery. And I've never felt that pain 
And I pray to God that I never do. But I've been with several of the families that have experienced that. I want you to remember one thing that I believe will help you with your pain. God buried a child also. And he hates death more than we do. And that's why he killed death. 2 Timothy 1 and 10, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immorality to light through the gospel. So for you that maybe this story of Jairus leaves you at a bad place, you need to understand for those that trust God, death is nothing more than a transition to heaven. It's just a transition. We step from this world into that world of eternity. So for you that it didn't end the way you wanted it to end, try to keep your thoughts on heaven and what your loved one, what your child is experiencing. Again, I don't make light of it. I've never experienced it. And I pray that I don't. But I want to help somebody today, if not here, but by live stream or on TV. If you've buried a child and you say, this didn't end the way it ended for Jairus's, it ain't over. It ain't over. For our light affliction works for our benefit. Hold on. Hold on. I'm standing in my office this morning. My wife came in. I was standing there looking out the window, Devin, and I seen you get out of your, your vehicle. I told my wife, I said, that young lady right there has experienced so much pain in her life. And I told my wife, I said, I am so proud of you. Now you're on the other end as a parent. And there'll be some times, difficult times, but you're strong. You're strong. You've been faithful. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you feel like God's forgotten you. Maybe you feel like God's forgotten your child. I want to assure you that he has not. He's not forgotten. So there's something that you can do. Keep giving your child to God in prayer. Don't allow fear to overcome you. Only believe. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, nobody looking around, is there intercessors, would you come? Maybe somebody would want you to come and pray with them. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I, I'm gonna ask every parent in the house and I, I'd ask you to be honest with the Lord because I believe he's speaking through me today. If you're a parent and you've got some parental fear going on in your life, would you slip your hand toward heaven? Joel, I just seen you raise your hand, man. And I think about when Richie was cancer. When I came to, I believe it was Cincinnati. Honestly, I had to say, Lord, help my unbelief. Because I didn't know if he was coming home. But I'm so thankful Jesus came and made him whole. If you raise your hand, there's people here to pray with you. I'm here. 
If you don't want somebody to pray with you, I'm asking you to take a step. Jairus had to leave his town. He had to leave his home. And he went to Jesus. And he said, I need you, Lord. I pray you would step out of your seat this morning right now. Come on. Come. Come right now. Step out of your seat and come and say, I need you, Lord. And I want you to ask him to help you to leave it there. To leave it there. Yes, it's still going to be on your mind. But that fear is not going to dominate your life. So every parent, maybe your child's young. Why wait till they're in trouble? Why don't you come now and say, Lord, help me to navigate. Help me to navigate through the troubles in my child's life or my grandchild. Don't wait. Put your pride aside and come to this altar. Come. Go ahead, Pastor. Carrie, if you can see. Bless you, Lord. Tell you, I believe there's others this morning. We thank you, Lord. How about your heart individually here today? Is, is your heart right with the Lord? The Lord loves you. That's why he gave his life. A good friend of mine died yesterday, and they called me, and within minutes I was able to be there. And I shared with them, that's why Jesus died on a cross was for that very moment. My friend John Marcio, Went to be with the Lord yesterday. Friend, all of us have that appointment and none of us can avoid it. We can't postpone it. We can't cancel it. But we can be ready for it. So right where you're at today, if you're not ready, if death was to knock on your door, then would you make that preparation today? If you'd like to give your life to the Lord and ask Him to forgive you of your sins, and begin a relationship and begin a walk with him. Right where you're at, slip your hand up high. Just quickly, just slip your hand up high. Is there one that would make that decision today and would say, I want to be a Christ follower. I want to ask Christ to forgive me of my sins. Is there one? I want to tarry for just a moment. Is there one? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 